Good morning and welcome back to Dudamus Maximus Helps. Um, it's a Saturday morning. It's going to be a beautiful day. So I thought I'd uh, knock out one of these podcasts real quick and go ahead and be about the rest of my day. Went and did an installation. An installation at my... I work in the printing industry, as some of you may already know. An installation of my job is going out and installing, for instance, pictures, decals, banners, word walls, stuff that is decorative of places. I'm very lucky I have the best job in the world. Let's go ahead and talk about the caretaker thing first. Being a caretaker, once again, it's um, it's a great job to be if you have a big heart. If you don't have a lot of heart, you shouldn't be a caretaker. You should find somebody who has more heart than you because you're not only are your heartstrings going to be pulled, but you're going to be crushed in many situations over because sometimes caretaking for somebody isn't easy. Um, I know people who caretake for people, say, for instance, an autistic child or an autistic adult, and they have the right temperament for that because they've been around it all their lives. But if you're new to this game, be careful of what you're taking on there. Make sure that you get the help that you need because sometimes it's not easy to be a caretaker and you have to rely on your gut instinct in order to do things that you don't like. You have to be able to give people shots. If that's the case, you have to make sure medicine is taken on time. If that's the case, um, if somebody is um, suffering from like Lou Gehrig's or um, Alzheimer's disease, you have to be patient because frustration will be a, a big word in your vocabulary in the beginning. And you don't want to be so frustrated that you don't know how to deal with stuff. Make sure you get the right amount of people around you. Surround yourself with a circle of help and make sure that people can help you. It's just what you need to do because the person that you're caretaking for is worth it. They can't help the condition that they're having or whatever's going on and it shows that you have a big heart willing that you're willing to put on the chopping block and have it stepped on in order to make sure that this person's well-being moves forward with positive progress in the future. So shout out to all you caretakers out there. I'm here for support. Um, like, follow, and share because uh, you can direct message me. Just make sure that you get stuff done and that the person that you care taking for is taken care of in the right sort of way. Okay, now that that's out of the way, I'd like to go ahead and give a shout out for this episode. I'd like to go ahead and shout out Big O's Pork and Dreams in Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, I myself am a barbecuer and I barbecue all the time. I would consider myself a master pit master because I cook so much barbecue. I'm old school though, and when I go out to eat bar, well, I say when I go out to eat barbecue, I normally don't go out to eat barbecue because I make my own barbecue. Um, I know how to cook it just right. Man, it's so tasty. As a matter of fact, after I'm done doing this podcast episode, because it's so nice outside, I'm going to go out back and barbecue. But to you, sir, Big O, Pork and Dreams, you, a friend of mine invited me to go and eat there. And reluctantly, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go test his barbecue. I'll let him know if he's good. <laughs> Damn, your stuff is good, sir. You have some tasty barbecue. For that, I'm giving you the shout out. You, uh, <laughs> you, brought, you cook it like I do using a different kind of wood. I'm used to using the fruit wood and stuff. And you, sir, go ahead and I think cook with uh, hickory. Nonetheless, it's so tasty. Yeah, I... They've eaten at your establishment several times. And once again, as a barbecuer who does not go out and eat barbecue all the time, 
I enjoyed all three times that I've been to your establishment in eight. And you have a great personality, man. I, I enjoy the crap out of your personality. You, you cracked me up all three times. You looked surprised the first time when I ate there and came up to you and said, hey, I as well am a barbecuer. And thank you very much, you know, and complimented. You look kind of surprised because I <laughs> I guess there's more people like me who do their own barbecue and don't come to an establishment like yours to eat. But man, your food is good, sir. The cool, the uh, potato salad that you said that you got the recipe from your mom, that stuff is bomb. And you make it, it, it tasted like the potato salad I make. I felt at home in your restaurant. For that big O, shout out to you, Edmond, Oklahoma. Big O's Pork and Dreams, man. If you're listening to this podcast and you're in this area, go ahead and eat that establishment. You will not be disappointed, man. The food is superior there. Okay, let's get on to the next topic. Today, I want to talk about dependability. Recently, I had uh, a couple of issues with dependability. Myself, I consider myself a dependable person because I looked up the meaning in the dictionary of the word dependability in the actual book. And the meaning of the word dependability is simply this, the quality of being trustworthy and reliable. And because of the situations that I've been through in life, and if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard several of those situations, I have developed this dependability. And especially at my job, man, that's why people like having me at the shop because I'm a very dependable person. I'm the first person to step in and help or explain or answer questions. Or if I can't answer questions, get the answers to questions. I'm unusually connected with a uh, myriad of people. And I, I just enjoy my job, man. I have the best job in the world in the printing industry is a fun place to be. If you have the correct skills, I've seen people come and go through there that didn't have the correct skills. And then I've seen other people come through there that are like moldable clay. They're the type of people that you want to keep in your uh, immediate vicinity in order to help them establish their career. Because not it could be that they're a young person or hadn't been given that opportunity. Or it could be that they're uh, just brand new to the industry but have the right temperament for it. You can see the people. They have the right temperament for it. And you can also see the people that don't. So the best thing that you can do, well, this is what I found out in speaking from personal experience here. As a throwback, I've discovered that although I had no kids, I have something to teach. And I've used the printing industry as a uh, kind of a guideline in order to draw people into my little atmosphere that I can help us make them see that it's a viable industry that you don't necessarily have to have a degree in, but you have to be smart and be able to think your way through problems and be a problem solver. Pardon me for just one second. If you have these kind of attributes, you're going to do well in the printing industry. There's not enough problem solvers there, and there's not enough people who are willing to actually listen to what you're saying so that an avoidance in the future is available of a problem, man. You don't want to have red flags raised around you in the printing industry. What you want to do is have people come up and praise you, tell you that you're doing a good job, and then monetarily, because you're doing such a good job, maybe saving the company money or something, they go ahead and buff you up a little bit, man. You want to be buffed up in life, man. You want to go far in life. You don't want to like work at... Uh, a second rate, uh, low income job and stuff when you have an opportunity to go ahead and put in a little effort 
to get to where you're going or where you want to be and at least get a start in that direction so that if you give it enough hard work and effort, you can end up there. Recently, I had somebody who I really enjoy at work uh, say that they were going to go ahead and come in early. And it was on a day of one of my favorite days, installation day, which I love the crap out of. I'm so good at these things and I love to get around and do the thing and communicate with the people and just, you know, put out a positive atmosphere and light up the room when I walk in there, man. But at the same time, put in some quality work that people are amazed that they're watching. It's hoping this particular person was going to be as excited as I was. But although at the end of the day, they were excited as I was at the beginning of the day, they were not. I had to tell this person, sorry, I'm disappointed in you. Um, you told me you were going to be in early and you didn't. You know, uh, there was a bunch of stuff to load. I loaded the, we have a work van that we take out to these sites where we do these installations. This particular one happened to be at a school for underprivileged children. So I was particularly excited. I'd already been there once, installed a bunch of stuff, and this was round two. So I was going to give them the second dose of uh, Deutimus Maximus all day. And they, they enjoy it. They enjoyed the first day that I was there. And after today is Saturday, I was there on the Friday, the day before. They enjoyed the Friday. The, and it made me feel good. Um, I love doing that kind of stuff. And especially, you know, knowing it's for underprivileged kids and what you're doing is beautifying their school to where they have a bunch of visual references and things that are stimulating to them. Hey, man, that's the kind of stuff I love. I live for that kind of stuff. This particular young individual did not share my exuberance for the situation. And when, although they were early by 10 minutes, they said they were going to be earlier than that. And that kind of disappointed me. So I had to go ahead and uh, say something about it. But I did it in such a way I wasn't like my stepdad who would have jumped down my throat and been cussing at me and stuff. I had to say I was disappointed. While I was pointing at my watch, this person could see it immediately, and it, it, I could see that he got the message that I was sending. You know, he was seconding that emotion, whether he realized it or not. This is somebody, it's a young person who I want to help up, man. This is somebody who I'm not trying to, you know, give a handout to, but I'm trying to give a hand up to because, man, when you're somebody like me who's been in the printing industry this month, at the end of this month will be 31 years, you develop a passion for what you do. And because you develop a passion, people want you to work in their shop. They want to make sure that passionate people like you are around because you're the type of people who inspire. And that's, that's all I'm trying to do, man. Because once again, as a throwback, although I didn't have any kids, I know I need to inspire younger people and make sure that they go places and do things, man. And don't get stuck in some job that they hate and that they are going to uh, <clears throat> regret working at the rest of their lives. So... Yesterday, the young man at the end of the day thanked me for the minor admonishing I had given him earlier in the day because I said a couple things to make him think, but I didn't say it in such a way that I was jumping down his throat. You know, for instance, one of the things I said because there was so much stuff to load, I told him straight out, you know, this van doesn't load itself. And I said it in that particular manner right there. <laughs> he turned around and looked at me. He felt so guilty. But I, it's, hey, it is what it is, man. I mean, when you're a younger person in life, you have what your parents taught you, the skills that they gave you in order to go on in life. And if your parents didn't give you those kind of skills, and I'm not trying to talk down to any parents at all, because once again, I didn't have any kids. I was only a stepdad. 
And if you've listened to previous episodes, although I felt like I was doing a good job, apparently the step kids did not because they couldn't handle the type of positive message that I put out there. That should not stop you parents at all. Keep putting out a positive message to your kids. Make them dependable people. Make them reliable people. Make them trustworthy and reliable like the definition of dependable. It's not so much to ask, man. All you have to do is focus a little attention on them. If you'll focus attention on your kids, you will probably be amazed at the results you get back as far as having interaction with them. Whatever they're into, go with it, you know? I mean, unless you can't afford it, and then try and find other alternatives because there's always other alternatives to get around the money issue. And all you have to do is search around on the internet for that. But pay attention to your kid. Go to the school openings or the school open houses and the... uh, Whatever the school functions are, man, know the people that are in charge up there. You may have to deal with those people one of these days. I always had to know the principal and the assistant principal of all the schools that the stepkids were in. It was just one of those things. So for me, it's a natural thing. For you, it may not be, but it's something that you may want to know just in case, man. What if what if your child is doing something that you don't know about, but they do and haven't contacted you? Why not be friendly to them? So that way they'll go ahead and contact you and know. You're that person that's easy to deal with, but will take care of a situation because you're dependable. Can't say it enough. Parents, make your kids dependable. Pay attention. So, And for the kids out there, the younger folks, once again, all you've had to work with is the tools that were given to you. So if you need to modify your tools a little bit, Find a throwback. Find a throwback and, and let them, you know, help you a little bit because throwbacks have been up and down that road before. It's been uh, 10 miles of bad road for us at one point, but it's been smooth sailing highway for hundreds of miles at others. So if you're stuck in between on a side road, you know, you're not on the highway, you're not on the 10 miles of bad road, but you're on a side street that really, you know, is messing you up right now don't want to talk to your parents, don't have somebody to talk to, find a throwback, man. A throwback will give you valid advice, advice that you can live by and take with you, something that helps you grow as a person. That's what the throwbacks should do to help young people who are lost like that, who didn't, that dependability tool was not given to them when they were younger. I see it in a lot of young people nowadays, but I can't help everybody. But if you approach me in the right manner, I'm damn sure going to help you. I just want to make sure that everybody gets ahead in life. So uh, some stories about dependability is I used to be in my um, early 20s, a piano mover. I think I was 1920 when I did this. When I say 1920, I meant 19 years old to 20 years old. And I would go out and I was dependable because I was strong. I could take on all the worst moving conditions of a piano. Excuse me. We went to Fair Play, I mean, uh, Cripple Creek, Colorado, to move a player piano out of the basement. And it was an antique player piano from the 1890s. Or maybe it was early 1900s. It was old and heavy. Back then, they used to make stuff real with real wood and real metal, of real ivory, uh, stuff you want to like get moved safely without damaging. And this base, particular basement was in an old house that had a narrow staircase that went down to it. The house was probably as old as the piano. They probably put the piano and built the house around it. it they were equal in that age. <laughs> Nonetheless, the carpeting, I mean, the uh, 
stairs were wooden but had carpeting tacked onto the top of it. And there was a right turn. You came down about 18 stairs and there was a little tiny landing. And then there was a, a right, it would be a left turn actually. It would be a right turn to go up. There was a left turn and then it came down five more stairs and you were in the basement. And across the room was the piano. And the piano was just like an inch narrower than the uh, staircase itself to get it up. And uh, there was three of us that went on the install. The other two guys are brothers. And they said, man, we're not getting on the bottom of that thing. We're not getting on the bottom of that thing. I said, dude, I will get on the bottom. If you guys just make sure to pull, when I say pull, pull, and I'll push at the same time, we'll get this thing up those stairs. I've always been challengeable, man. You can't hold a good man down. Somebody who's dependable like me with confidence, man, I will make it happen. I don't just let it happen. I make that stuff happen. So nonetheless, we get the piano uh, on a board and we carry it over uh, we roll it over to the stairs and then we push it they lift it up their half up the stairs and I'm pushing my half up the bottom of the stairs and we get it stood up and just barely got that thing turned I mean it just barely turned on the landing it was just like within a half inch of not turning we start going up those stairs and I, I think there was 15 or 18 stairs I can't remember it was, it was quite a few stairs nonetheless we get almost all the way to the top and I am like shoving this thing up and it, it probably weighs a thousand pounds or more and it was heavy the carpet gives out underneath my feet my shoes grip and it pulls the carpet tacks out that's tacking the carpet to the stairs that piano came down and shoved me into the wall i mean to where i i was in the wall broke one of the studs and everything and the two brothers were just freaking out. They were like, oh, my God, they thought they killed me, which it didn't. You know, I was just stuck. And between them pulling and I had to, like, get my arm. I had to break more of the wall to get my arms inside me to push that piano up. And uh, we got it out of there. And then I told they were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I said, well, let's get this piano out of here, man. The best thing we can do is pull this carpet off the stairs and let's get the damn thing upstairs. I said, I can make it. I wasn't hurt. It didn't hurt me. I'm I'm a very durable person. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a very durable person. But nonetheless, we got that piano up those damn stairs, man. We got it out of the house and loaded it on the truck and stuff. And those brothers looked at me. And I looked at them and they said, man, that was the most dependable thing I've ever seen. I cannot believe we got that piano up there. I said, I told you we would. I told you we would get that piano up the stairs when we got back to the shop. I got a raise and... I didn't even have to go to the doctor. I mean, oh, yes, I, I was backwards into the wall, in the wall of this old house. Broke the boards and the, they had the mortar and all that stuff, man, because the piano was so heavy. But I shoved that thing off of me, man. I'm not going to be defeated in life. I am not going to. You cannot defeat me. You need to be confident in this world and you need to be dependable. If you tell people that you're going to do things, by God, you better get out there and do it. Because if you're not, people are going to think that you're not dependable. There's so many negative people in this world nowadays. And if you're a positive person, they want to punk on you, man. They want to make you think that you're an inferior person who isn't dependable. And when you just project it every day, I mean, when you just ooze dependability and people know it, they look at you and see what kind of a respectable person you are. They want to be around you, especially if you are a communicative person who has those kind of skills in order to make stuff happen people realize people aren't as non-observant as you think but at other times they are but when you're at work and things like that your boss is observing when there's cameras above you filming everything they're observing and when you show you can think out of the box and you know just not every day when you go to work man you're a superstar man people like being around you
one way you can become that superstar is to be dependable. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Don't just say you're going to do something because it sounded like a good idea at the conversation you were in and you said, well, I'll just go ahead and do this because it makes you look good. Do it. If your situation, <clears throat> say for instance, you may have, I don't know, a new love interest in your life. Don't let that stop you from being dependable, man. That's a quality you can carry into a relationship like that by letting that person know you're dependable. It's something you want to be in a relationship, especially if you're going to uh, have a long-term relationship with this person. Here's another story I can tell. My wife started getting sicker back in the 90s. She had had problems when she was a little girl. And nobody knew what it was. And it turns out it was lupus jacking with her. And then there was some fibromyalgia, or fibromyalgia and several other things that were wrong with her. She needed a caretaker. She needed somebody to make sure that she got through. And even from back in the 90s, we had a couple of really great years together. And then at the end of the 90s, it started going south for her. And then it just spiraled out of control until, you know, ultimately her death in 2018. I was that dependable person the whole way, man. I went to almost all the doctor's appointments. The ones that I couldn't go to, I had specific reasons I had to be there. It was because of a work issue where my dependability needed to be relied on. My skills needed to be utilized on that particular day. But for the most part, those doctors knew me on a first name basis I talked to them like humans instead of talking up to them like they're these superior doctors and stuff. I did my own research, man. I was dependable for my wife. I made sure that any questions that needed to be answered were, any questions that she didn't ask needed to be asked were, any questions that the doctor should ask me but he didn't tell me were. So I'm that guy, man. I'm a, I'm a dependable person. I want other people to be dependable just like that. I did that for my wife because I loved her. You should do it for the people in your life because you love them or because.